Welcome to Great Photography, this is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I am joined by Danielle Goldstein, an American street and fine art photographer based in New York City. to thank our sponsor Zencaster. Zencaster is a browser-based podcast production application that records each person locally and then uploads the top quality audio files right into the application. I have been using Zencaster to record all my podcast interviews from day zero of Create Photography and love its ease of use for myself and for my guests. Today's episode with Danielle has been recorded with Zencaster as well. If you're interested to start your own podcast, go to zencaster.com and check it out. Please use create photography in one word as a discount code on zencaster.com for a 30% discount for their pro plan. You can find more information about Zencaster in the show notes. Danielle, welcome to Create Photography. I look very much forward to speaking with you today. Thank you, Daniel. I'm uh, delighted to be here and honored to be here and thank you for having me. Wonderful. Well, so let's start with your book called On Display. <laughs> um, the book is focused on a photographic exploration of people viewing, ignoring, or interacting with art in museums. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious about this. So I, I'd, love, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about this project. Yeah. Um, so I started that project uh, quite a few years ago um, when I was actually looking for a project. Um, very often, I, I find that I back into projects. I don't, <clears throat> I don't go out specifically with, you know, I'm going to do this or that. But I really wanted to to work on on a long term project and one that I would have fairly easy access to um, because I do think you um, can set yourself up for a little bit more success if, if, if you have availability. So uh, I live in New York City. Um, there's a lot of museums here. Museums are uh, public spaces, so they're you know, mm -hmm. easily accessible um, and usually um, a lot of people in them. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started going to museums and also, you know, it, it was a nice project for me because I, I'm an art lover. Um, mm -hmm. I've always loved art. So it was sort of... Um, the benefits were twofold. I could, mm -hmm. I could look at the art for myself, and also, which also informs my own work. And mm -hmm. I could observe people observing art. And um, it was just, it was very interesting to see what would happen. I mean, depending on the art that they were looking at, sometimes people would become so immersed in the art that they became part of the art themselves. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people would lurk, look really intently at the art um, and, and you could see the appreciation. Um, sometimes people were clearly being dragged to museums and had no interest in, in looking at the art. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you have plenty of people looking at their phones or, you know, sort of just spacing out. So um, it, it was, it, it went on. I mean, I'm still doing it, uh, still doing the mm -hmm. project, but not okay. formally. Um, I tend to, when I 
when I have a project, I tend to never end it, which is probably not a great thing, but <laughs> um, my projects are usually things that I really, really like to do. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, sort of, mm, I don't want to end it. Um, right. And then, yeah. yes, I did, I did the book. It was uh, the first, um, the first book that I did on my own, which um, was also a great experience um, doing, you know, a self-published blur book. You, you also have to learn a lot at a, you know, mm -hmm. do layout and, and it, and it was my first book. And I think um, I've learned a lot since then. Um, and if I do make another book, I think it'll look a little bit different than this one. Um, mm -hmm. But overall it, it was a, a really, really great experience. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, really enjoyed all of it. And as I, as I said, I, I still do. And even, um, you know, with COVID, museums were really one of the first public spaces to open in New York. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was just it was just an amazing thing to be able to go back. And mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was, you know, museums like you know that the metropolitan museum of art and museum mm -hmm. of modern art are generally very very crowded but then right, um right. right when they opened in covid world um i would often be the, the only person in in some of the galleries so mm -hmm. <laughs> that was just an interesting an interesting sort of thing too so yeah, yeah. so so you alluded to this a little bit um but how did you go about the book create creation process you, you mentioned it's a blurb book it's self-published but i mean as you said right that there's a there's lots to learn there's sequencing and what you're selecting and how the layouts and all the a lot of confusing things potentially you know for if you haven't done that before certainly would be for me um yeah how did you specifically then go about this and how how did you learn all that so, yeah, I mean, it was, a, you know, a, a relatively steep learning curve for me, which um, mm -hmm. I have to admit most of the technical aspects of photography are difficult for me. Um, I spend a lot of time um, figuring things out and learning. Um, for, for this book, um, the first thing that was challenging about it is because museums are dark, um, mm -hmm. a lot of the images... They'll look okay on the screen, but on print, um, you know, when you're when you're when it's dark, they they a lot of them didn't print well. So mm -hmm. um, often I would print them myself first and see how I thought it was gonna, you know, how it was gonna translate on onto the printed page. Mm. Um, and then for uh, sequencing. Uh, there were a lot of different ways I could have gone with with it, um, but I decided to put it in separate ca categories. You know, people immersed in the art, people looking at the art, pe people ignoring the art. Mm -hmm. um, so I would organize the images that way, and then um, and that's how I sequenced it. And in terms of layout, I, I really I went very simple with it, and I think that's where I've learned more um, about you know, what makes a good book, the, the, the images are, it's, it is one after the other, after the other, after the other. Um, and the images on um, the pages do speak to one another, but um, now I think I would have more uh, blank pages. Maybe the images mm -hmm. would be different sizes. It'd be a little more variation. So, mm -hmm. but you know, with this project, with every project, with photography in general, I mean, for me, I always say it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, yeah. it's, you know, <laughs> it's just right, like right. There, there's just, you know, you learn 
yeah. every day. I yeah. mean, I, yeah. I try to learn every day. So, mm-hmm. um, but it was a great experience and, um, I haven't done it again, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I might be getting ready to, um, with another project. To so do another we'll one. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So, um, switching gears a little bit. Um, so wh- one of the things I noticed that you're actively exhibiting your work, um, mm-hmm. you have an impressive list of group shows, publications, and, you know, you're exhibiting in a permanent collection as well. Can you tell me maybe a little bit more about, f- maybe for the photographers who haven't exhibited their work, but maybe they're at a stage where, you know, they're, they're more, getting more mature, they're getting more experienced, they feel like, you know, I'd like to do that. How, what's a, how can they break into this? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you're right. I have, I've exhibited a lot from really right out of the gate. I mean, even when I started uh, photography seriously in uh, 2012, um, for me, what happened was I, um, I was in Yellowstone um, and I, I photographed one of the hot springs and then I just kind of lobbed it into National Geographic um, <laughs> and um, they featured it uh, on, mm. on their website. And then mm. I actually got a, a, a client I mean I was like oh my god I didn't even know what I was doing uh, who wanted the image and I thought huh I mean this is interesting um, if if you sort of um, get the work out there and then people see it things might happen um, mm-hmm. so I, I think from the very beginning um, I had I had you know a good experience with that um, I also at very early on, I exhibited in uh, group shows in, in New York City uh, at a small gallery, which has since closed, called Umbrella Arts Gallery. Um, the curator was Harvey Stein, who was one of my first uh, photography teachers and, and still is and, and, and uh, is a friend. And um, I still, you know, didn't really even have a firm grasp on what I was doing, but um, I exhibited the work. And... Mm-hmm. What I learned from, uh, is that when you when you exhibit, um, it forces you to self curate. Mm-hmm. It forces you to organize your work. It forces you to choose what you think are your best images, um, and then you can start building on that. So mm-hmm. um, for for people who who want to um, exhibit. Um, a lot of publications have calls for entry. Um, Lens Scratch uh, is one publication. They list every, you know, every, the calls for entry for the year. F-Stop mm-hmm. Magazine does as well. Um, and you can sort of scroll through that. And, and most, most group shows have a theme and you can decide whether you have work that you think will be, will fit the theme. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it does, some of these um, calls for entry do cost some money. Um, mm-hmm. Some don't. Um, but I think it's, it's really, really valuable. Um, I think it's, you know, it really is. It's been, it's been a very good experience for me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing that. And, and it, it sounds like, obviously, there are, you know, lo- local opportunities, right, um, may, may come up, but it's just like, 
obviously we have to find them. We have to kind of research, search for them, and then and then probably just do it. <laughs> you at do, some point, right? you do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in some ways, again, in COVID world, in some ways, it's gotten easier um, mm-hmm. because most exhibitions are virtual now. Um, you know, it used to be if you live in New York and you were exhibiting in California, you know, you would have to send a framed print, and that you know that incurs all kinds of headaches and costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, now it's a little bit easier in that sense. The the other thing I did is, you know, when I first started photography, I lived in, in Connecticut and in Fairfield County, Connecticut, there were a lot of local shows Mm -hmm. and a lot of opportunities to, um, to show the work locally. And I took advantage of that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you can, and it also, you know, at that also, I, I print all my own work. Um, mm-hmm. So that in- encourages you to print and to figure out how to frame economically. Um, and, you know, you can drive, you can drive your work over to the gallery um, mm-hmm. and show it that way. So um, I, I, I would, I would recommend that, mm-hmm. you know, doing like local, local shows as well. That's great. And so, so speaking of printing, uh, that's a topic I like to keep bringing up because you know nowadays we, we you know in the digital world obviously we tend to do it less. There is a cost element to it, of course, but mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious how you you print your own work. How do you just have, do you do it at home? Do you have a setup mm-hmm. or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when I learned photography, um, you know I've, I'm. I'm, I'm I'm exclusively a digital photographer. I mean, I did a little mm-hmm. bit of film, you know, back in the day. But um, but when I first started learning photography, I also learned how to print at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's always gone, gone hand in hand. Um, I do believe that printing is really important. Um, it's great seeing the image on the screen. Um, but until you can physically hold it and physically hold the work um it's not it's like not complete i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think that printing again is also it's a great tool it forces you to really look at your image to you know correct any mistakes that that there might be to you know color correct and mm-hmm. um so i actually really enjoy the printing process um it's it's very time consuming i think to to mm-hmm. make a decent print and um i but you know, and again, with COVID, I do it less. I, ha- I have to be a little right. more self-motivated to yeah, do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I have a printer. I can I can print up to, I think, uh, 17 by 22, mm, okay. um, which is, you know, fairly nice size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy experimenting with different papers and, um, you know, depending on what the image is, I'll, I'll choose a paper, you know, one, a matte paper or a glossy paper. Um, and then if I have, I've had situations where I've had clients who want larger prints, um, then I'll use, I'll use a lab, um, mm-hmm. okay. which, you yeah. know, is great, except yep. I like to, you know, I do like to control it from the yeah, beginning to end. Yes, not as end. much control, right? Yes. <laughs> no, but the, but exactly. the lab's great. The lab's yep. great. <laughs> yeah. Once you know them and stuff and trust them, it's probably Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So 
On your website, you have several interesting categories, aside from on display, which is the project you just mentioned. We, we, we talked about your book project, but it's also a project that, that continues, you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. So you have two that I just want to briefly chat about. Um, one is called My Window and the other is Transience. Mm -hmm. um, let's maybe start with My Window. So um, can you tell me a little bit more about that, that project? Sure, sure. So um, I guess I, I don't, I, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, am I a street photographer or am I, you know, <laughs> what am I? And I've decided I'm not going to categorize myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a photographer. Um, but I, I, I've always, I, because I live in New York City, and I think, I, I really do think New York is one of the best cities in the world for street photography. Mm -hmm. um, I love going out with my camera. And um, when COVID happened, um, I couldn't do it. Um, and I was in my apartment and I, there were days where I never even left. And I was very concerned um, that I wasn't going to be able to shoot because it really is my, my passion and my joy and my solace. And it's, it's, it's not just what I do. It's, it's really become integral to who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and what happened here in New York at, at 7 p.m. every night, um, we would go to our windows and we would applaud the essential workers, the, the, the doctors and the nurses and uh, the sanitation workers and everybody who literally risked their lives to keep our city running and to keep people as healthy as they could um, mm -hmm. during COVID. So, um, you know, it would be the first night it was seven o'clock and all of a sudden I, I heard all this noise at my window and <laughs> I go out, I go to my window and I see there are people on their, on their balconies and opening their windows and they've got pots and pans and they're screaming and they're yelling and they're shouting. And, you know, the neighbors are looking at each other. And I, um, I had bought a, a long lens camera a couple of years before I never used it, a 70 to 200 millimeter lens. Cause mm. That's huge, and you can't take mm -hmm. it out on the street. And um, right. it was sitting in my closet, and <laughs> I ran and I, I slapped it on my camera, and I and I started photographing. And um, I started I photographed every night for mm. months and months and months um, at seven p.m. Um, some of my neighbors knew what I was doing. Um, and some didn't, but the <laughs> ones who did at that time, there was just such a feeling of camaraderie in New York. Like, oh my God, we're all in this together. And this is all so difficult. So uh, I had one neighbor, a, a family across the way, and every night they would blow kisses and, and <laughs> make hearts. And um, I did, I did go out of town for a few days and I, I really do believe that they worried where I was. Mm. Um, <laughs> so when I came back after a few days, they were waving and waving and waving. So, um, but the, the clapping for essential workers stopped after a few months, but um, my project didn't. And um, I started photographing more um, into the windows at night. And I I know it's, I, I really, 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 really uh, am respectful and I am not mm -hmm. creepy. Right. I would never, I would never post anything that, um, or print anything or show anything that I thought was compromising. Um, right. I, right, I really, right. you know, and I, and I know, and I know that it is legal to do this um, mm -hmm. in the right, United right. States. So, um, yeah. 
but it's been um, a, a really fascinating project just to, and, and really does go hand in hand with being out on the street and mm-hmm. seeing and documenting everyday life. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. And so that's another project that I've been now, yeah, working that's... on now for two years and I don't, yep. Don't see an end in sight for this one either. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, it's a great example of a project, right? Where, you know, you could argue, okay, so we're stuck at home. We can't go out. But, well, there you go. You you actually made something out of the out, out of this situation and, you know, um, and, and created a project versus, you know, just some of us would have just stopped photographing, right, during that time as well. Yeah. I mean, stop, not photographing just isn't, it just wasn't an option for me. Mm -hmm. Um, really, uh, it just wasn't. And I did do, uh, some self portraits during that period of time too. Um, I mean, which can segue into sort of the other project on my website, but, um, there's, you know, there was only so many things that I could do. I know other photographers who, uh, have done really incredible self portraits during, during the COVID period. Um, mm-hmm. But I was really much more drawn to what was happening outside my window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the next that that does segue nicely into the next one, um, the, the, the project called transience. Um, yeah. it, it looks like it, it involves photographs of hotel rooms it does, while you're it traveling, does. I assume. And yeah. I assume there's some self-portraits, but I, I just wanted to, yeah, if you can explain a little bit more about sure, that as well. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so uh, Transience started also in 2012. Um, they, um, they are all self-portraits. Um, mm-hmm. There are self-portraits taken in hotel rooms. Um, I had always, I mean, I, when I started photography, it really was because I had done, you know, I traveled and I took pictures and people liked the pictures. Um, and that's when I decided to take class, go to, go to ICP and, and learn about photography. And, um, you know, that was it. Like I, I, I was hooked. Um, so, you know, I was, I was in Spain, um, and of course was photographing in the street and, but I also, I, I had been studying the work of Francesca Woodman, um, who did a lot of self-portraits and was really drawn to, mm-hmm. to her work. Um, and I, I was a history major in college. Um, I have deep respect um, and love for history. And I was staying in a hotel room that had to have been built in, you know, the 14th century. Um, <laughs> and I just was sitting there thinking about, how many how many souls were in this room? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people <laughs> mm-hmm. were in this room? And you know, what does it mean to be in a hotel room? It's you know, it's 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 a transient space. It's it's it can be impersonal, but we try to make it personal. There were just like mm-hmm. all these thoughts bubbling mm-hmm. through my mind. So I decided to take a self portrait, and mm-hmm. um, the first one I did was very literal it was a ghosted image (laughs) (laughs) where I used a a long exposure um and um and I didn't for you know for a lot of a long time I didn't show my face because I wanted to be sort of an quote-unquote every person Mm -hmm. and um a placeholder um you know Mm -hmm. um and 
for a long time, it was only me. I only, you know, and, and I was very, very rigid in what my, my self-imposed rules were. And then over the years, I started loosening up and um, would photograph if I was traveling with other people, they might be in the image. I did start showing my face, um, didn't only do ghosting images. Um, and that I've often said is a project that, you know, I hope to continue for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and when I, I said that, I mean, the, right before COVID, I was in India, which was fantastic. And like, you know, five different hotel rooms. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm going to do this forever. <laughs> and then got home from India. And I was like, well, you're not going anywhere for the next few years. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's on hold for now. But yeah. Um, yeah. but certainly is, is, is something that I hope to I hope to pick up again and yep. um That's it's great. yeah yeah um and it's like many of the projects it started out as one thing and uh over the years has sort of morphed into into other things yep. too yeah that's wonderful yeah you it's yeah that's great like how you're really sticking to these projects and it's it's kind of a i think it's a i mean you mentioned it may not be a good thing but i i think it's also a good thing i think it gives us some some cohesion and some you know within the project and some theme and, and it's, it's really yeah. interesting I, think. I i you know it also um the the hotel room project also the other you know the other factor involved with it is you know traveling is great and i love photographing when i travel i really do mm -hmm. um but it's 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 a very it's a very different thing from photographing in my home city you know, mm -hmm. where I live, and also from these images in hotel rooms. Um, you know, photographing here in New York and photographing in um, in the hotel rooms is a much more personal endeavor for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, it really is. So yeah. I think yeah. I wanted to um, personalize that experience of traveling and um just document it in a slightly different way. Well, while mm -hmm. still obviously, of course, photographing wherever I go. Right, right. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. So let's talk a little bit more about some of your recent work, or I guess I should say more Instagram. Um, what One of the things I noticed um, is that you're photographing in, in color and in black, black and white. Um, is that something where question I often ask when people you know photographers use both mediums or, or both outputs <laughs> whatever we want to call it um, is that something that you're thinking about a priori or do you do you kind of see you know since you're photographing in digital um, is that more like a post hoc decision for you no I I, I would say I, I I I always photograph you know in color um, okay I, I don't see the need to to get a monochrome camera um okay. uh, so i think that uh, um software these days you know to transform your images into black and white is is really excellent um but i i pretty much know uh when i take the image if it's going to be if it's going okay. to wind up being color or black and white not okay. always but most of the time um mm -hmm. You know, a lot of my images are uh, very graphic and geometric and um, concerned with light. Um, and often those to me feel like they need to be 
stark and black and white. Um, but not always. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, how lucky are we in the digital age that, you know, we have these options and, right, um, right. you know, sometimes you can be sure that it's going to be black and white. And then, you know, you get home and you look at your screen, you're like, you know what? I think I, I think <laughs> this is good in color. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and for your color work, um, I, I noticed or seem to notice that you're focused on perhaps one key color or, you know, kind of a, a theme of colors that might be a red or a yellow green and then is that something that you know as you're as you're seeing your your different scenes your your subjects your your, your street scenes is that something that you're you're thinking about or is that just kind of more of an intuitive thing that happens so it depends um okay. <laughs> I think I'm mostly an intuitive photographer, um, you know, um, but, but often, you know, when I go out to shoot, I I like to have what Ralph Gibson calls a point of departure. Mm -hmm. Um, so something, something that's in my mind, um, whether it's one of the projects I'm working on or an idea, um, that I'm thinking about. And so I might, you know, then focus on a color or um, a shape or the quality of the light. Um, but I would say in general, I, my color palette is fairly subdued. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's just sort of how I see the world. And I also just on a purely aesthetic level, I think that it works better uh, combining that palette with black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I like to have I hopefully have some sense of, you know, cohesion and cohesiveness right. in, in the work. Right. So I kind of, right. you know, yep. Yep. yeah, makes a lot of <laughs> sense. Um, and a rare technical question, I guess, is, you know, I, I, I often am curious about focal length. You talked a little bit about your window project, which has a very long lens or, or longer, you know, 70 to 200. But yes. what is your typical, do you have like one focal length that you're typically using or what, what's your approach? So I'm, I'm, I'm one of the quote unquote bad street photographers <laughs> uh, who uses a zoom lens. And okay. <laughs> um, I have had, uh, you know, I've used... I have prime lenses. I use them um, on occasion, but the truth is I I really, really like having the flexibility um, of of a zoom. Um, So I, I use a 2470 or the equivalent uh, depending, you know, if I'm I'm using a mirrorless camera. Um, I do tend to be either at 24 or 70, uh, generally not, you know, in the middle. middle. Um, Mm -hmm. And, there is an argument that, you know, if you're using a zoom, it's one more thing that you have to think about. And often when you're in the street, these moments happen so quickly that, you know, if you have to change your focal line, in addition to moving your legs and, you know, your camera and, you know, you might, you might miss the shot then. And that, that, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall I find that, um, that having that flexibility really mm-hmm. does work for me. And, and when I, when I go out with a fixed lens and then I see something that oh, I wish I yeah, had, I I wish wish I had, had this other lens. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. 
Yeah, it's, that's yeah, a good but point. it's it's yeah. it's you know it's not light. I mean, right. even even with the smaller cameras, a, a quality zoom lens. That's it, true. It They're not light. Heft. No, mm -hmm. no. So that's true. You have to, you know, you, 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 that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah, you get used to it. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, that's good to know. Well, I mean, and I think there's definitely, you know, th this is such a, it, it is an interesting discussion in the sense that, of course, the the, the actual focal length does really change the look of the image, right? And how, like, the 24, it feels like we're really close, whereas the, the 70 might be a little more, you know, we're looking from far away. Absolutely. And, and, and so... It, it, it's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, you can use that to your, of course, to your advantage too, right? I mean, I guess, I guess, what do they say? I mean, you, you know, it's okay to break the rules as long as you yep. know what they are. Um, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I do know what's going to happen. I, I, you know, I have a sense of what the image is going to look like at 24 yep. or at 70. Um, you know, yep. I know it's there. It, it's going to look very different. Um, but like I said, as long as like, kind of know i you know i mean look it has to be okay because it's right. that's how i do it yeah <laughs> so, so, <laughs> oh it's okay yeah for me. it's okay for me oh, yeah, it doesn't totally. mean it's okay for everybody else yeah. but yeah. it's it's okay for me <laughs> yeah I, I always say like who who cares what van gogh what's his paintbrush brand was if there was such a thing right i mean exactly it, it, it's really it it's not it is important to some extent right i mean we want to be technically correct but you have to have a tool that you're just comfortable with I, I i totally agree with that well that's it i mean you know people will ask me people starting out you know what kind of camera what kind of lens what should i use and you know the camera's a tool and mm -hmm. um it has to be a tool that works for you um yeah. and what's going to work for you could be very different from what's gonna you know work for somebody else so yeah. i've yeah. i've learned over the years you know, again, with trial and error, and I've sold plenty of cameras, and I've sold plenty of lenses, um, I, I know what works for yep. me. And, and yep. that doesn't mean that, you know, in a year or two years, something else is going to work. Could and it yeah, could change. Exactly. I mean, yep, it could exactly change. Right. But yeah, for now, this is, you know, this is how I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, I'm curious how, how you got started in, in street photography, on you know photographing the streets I, I know you mentioned a little bit your you know the yellowstone story mm -hmm. but um you know what was the link to getting really into photography maybe more seriously and and how did that happen yeah um i was i do not have i did not have an art background um i think i mentioned i was a history major in college mm -hmm. and then uh, i went to law school okay um so i was a lawyer i practiced law for a few years and but it just i never liked it i mean i mm -hmm. just didn't like it and um when i had my i have two daughters i i gave up the practice of law for many years and I raised them happily. Um, sure. And then when my, uh, yeah, I had traveled a lot again and had taken pictures, but really I, did, I knew nothing about like the technical aspects of either the camera or photography. Um, my younger daughter was in high school. I decided to take a class at um, ICP, the International Center of Photography in New York. And um, I really, I mean, I would say I, I didn't know what an f-stop was. I mean, I knew <laughs> nothing. Um, but for the first time in my life, and this was, you know, in midlife, um, as soon as I put the camera to my face, I, I, I 
just knew this is what I wanted to do. And um, mm-hmm. it was, that's now 11 years ago, and I never looked back. Um, mm. And I just, out of the gate, just loved it. And um, originally, yes, I started uh, doing, you know, travel photography, but also I was taking class in New York. So I would photograph in the streets. And I also, I I studied a lot, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, considering I'm a lawyer and a huge reader and always have been, it makes sense that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would, but um, I, I, and I still do. I mean, I still Mm -hmm. take class and I still, you know, read and I, and I um, listen to tutorials and all of it. Um, But I just started really learning um, Mm -hmm. and, and photographing and learning and um, some things worked and some things didn't. And um, over the years, it's, you know, I've met so many wonderful um, teachers and fellow photographers, students who've influenced me and have been uh, tremendously supportive and wonderful. And it's become like I said, you know, a huge part of my life and a uh, really wonderful community. So mm-hmm. I never thought, you know, I, I, and, and in the first years, uh, you know, people would say they liked my work and they actually wanted to pay money for it. And <laughs> I was like, it's a fluke. It's a fluke. <laughs> I, I, this has to be a fluke. Like, <laughs> and then it just, it's, I don't know at what point I decided it was like, okay, maybe it's not a fluke. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Although I still doubt myself every day because... Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we talked a little bit about genres and, and you know, that genres can be a problematic thing, but, you know, it's, it's obviously also a way for us to kind of talk about categories, right? Um, to using it as a concept, maybe like the concept or genre of street photography mm-hmm. has become really popular. Um, so I'm kind of curious, what are your views on, on the genre? Um, obviously, New York City, as you said, is a very, very popular place, if not one of the most popular in the world for street photography. But also maybe how, do you, how has it changed you know, o- over the past few years? And maybe not necessarily talking about COVID now, but just overall what, what you've seen, how, how that genre has evolved. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean... I think street photography is uh, an amazing genre. I mean, I, I think I've always it, I, I've always hesitated to call myself an artist. I, I always feel like I'm more of a documentarian. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that street photography is an, an incredible way um, to show what the world looks like and also to document it in a way that, you know, for, for generations to come. I mean, I, I love looking back at early street photographers work. I mean, Ache and Cartier-Bresson and Mm -hmm. seeing what the world looked like then. And I always wonder what are our images going to look like in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? Um, You know, that that's, I'm very drawn to that. Um, and, And, but, just as important to me is as, as a street photographer is um, showing the world how I see it, um, mm-hmm. which could be different from the way another street photographer sees it. Right, um, right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a sort of like dual um, 
dual thing going on where you're you're documenting, but you're also you're also showing it in an artistic way. So um, I think that's why I, I love it so much. Um, I also I like many photographers I know tend to be you know more of an introvert, like to be mm-hmm. alone. And uh, when you're out on the street with your camera, you're alone, but you're not. And right. um, you can you can sort of be in the masses, um, but sort of you know in your head too. It's 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 mm. sort of the psychological aspect of it. I think that I think right. is great as well. Right. Uh, in terms of how it's changed, it has changed, and um, many of us in New York have um, have been talking about it. I mean, of course, the masks are an issue, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to make the choice whether yep. you're either going to, you know, ignore it and embrace it and photograph, or you're not going to do it. Um, right. I, you know, right. I mean, so that's a choice that you have to make. Yep. Um, phones have been an issue for even way before um, way before masks. It's very mm-hmm. hard to photograph somebody, you know, not looking at a phone and, and they tend to not be interesting images, I I think. (laughs) Um, so, so that's, so that's really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. New York these days is, you know, I've lived in New York city on and off for, you know, for decades. And I remember what it was like in the seventies and eighties when the streets were not so safe. And we Mm -hmm. had a long period of time where, uh, things were really great and easy and peaceful and you know you can go in the subway and photograph and not have to worry about anything and um that's not really the case right now and mm-hmm. um you have to be a little more aware a little more careful so i would say street photography has changed in that sense mm-hmm. um in terms of you know people being confrontational i think you have to choose your subjects carefully um mm-hmm. i think you know you need to be respectful always. I, I mean, yep. this is my opinion. Um, yep. Yep. Respectful always. And also, you know, try not to put yourself in situations that, that feel unsafe and a little bit dicey. Right. Right. So, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, it is my first love. I still, if, if, you know, gun to the head, I will call myself a street photographer. <laughs> um, you know, we have a wonderful community of women street photographers, yep. Um, yep. you know, with Colnara and it's yep. been, that's just been an incredible thing um, yep. for yep. all of us involved. I mean, she's, she's supported us and um, we have a sense of community and before COVID we would meet regularly in person and uh, it's been, it's been really great. So mm-hmm. I think again, yeah. I'll go back to the marathon, marathon, not a sprint. Yep. And it's, yep. you know, maybe a little bit tough time to be out in right. the streets right now, but mm-hmm. I, I hope, and I believe that, um, that it's not forever and things will change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, and on that topic, um, and you alluded to some of that already, you know, a question I also like to ask, uh, street photographers in particular is, you know, getting so for photographers who are new to to this genre Mm -hmm. um what are some of the things that that you would you know recommend what are what are some of the advice you would you would give give to them and some of the things you already mentioned but maybe you have some additional thoughts for street photographers in particular yeah yeah um really i mean my best advice is to do what you love 
mm-hmm. do what you're drawn to, photograph what appeals to you, and in, and don't. It's good to listen to other people, and and I mean, again, like I said, I'm a lifelong learner, and I've learned something from everybody who has crossed my path. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't always follow the, their advice. Um, right. Right. Although I again, learn something and you, and you take a little bit away, but from everything and every, from all your influences. But, um, you know, my best advice is just to go out there and don't worry about your gear. I mean, people take great images with their phones. Um, that's, it's not for me. I, I need the heft of a camera somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, so find, you know, if your phone works well for you, great. If you, you know, if you need a camera, get yourself a camera. Don't, you don't spend a lot of money. Um, there's all kinds of great options that are, you know, not expensive Mm -hmm. and just go out and shoot and enjoy yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself. I, I truly believe that um, if you if you believe in what you're doing and you're happy with what you're doing, that comes through in the images. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, I shoot for myself. Um, and if if other people like the work, that's great. And mm-hmm. if they don't, that's fine, too, because, right. Right. you know, so do it for yourself and, and yeah. enjoy yourself. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great advice. Um, so, so before we wrap up, a couple more questions. Um, wh- one is, um, the first one is about inspiration. Um, where do you like to seek inspiration these days? Yeah, so um, I, I, the inspiration comes everywhere. Um, you know, I think that the more you know, the more you learn, the more you study, the more you're exposed to, the better photographer you're going to be. So, you know, going to museums, reading books, um, all those things will inform will inform the work. Um, there are f- certain photographers whose work I really admire. Some of, uh, you know, again, I mentioned uh, Cartier-Bresson and mm-hmm. um, Ralph Gibson and Ray, Ray Metzger, Saul Leiter, Alex mm-hmm. Webb who I was uh, lucky enough to take a workshop with Alex and his wife, Rebecca, and that was just fantastic. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I, I constantly look at, at, that, you know, the, the old, like quote unquote masters of photography, but um, (laughs) excuse me. I'm also really inspired by the work I see on Instagram Mm -hmm. every day. Um, um, a lot of my uh, fellow women street photographers, I think, are doing incredible work. And um, I, I, you know, they inspire me every day. And um, I'm really grateful to um, to know them and um, some of them and to be influenced by them. Um, I've also had wonderful photography teachers over the years who've inspired me. So I, I think, you know, the inspiration... Mm-hmm it's endless. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really endless. I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by my family, by my friends, by, I mean, really everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right. So my, my last question is where can people best find you online? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, my, my website is, uh, danielle l goldstein.com. So you got to put the L in there. Oh, okay. 
Um, and um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is dgold911. And um, happy to hear from any anybody. Anybody have any questions? I, I love helping other photographers. Um, you know, if anything, I mean, the, trust me, there's so much I don't know. <laughs> it's just endless, but you know, right. uh, whatever I can help with, I'm, I'm really happy to help oh, with. So wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really, I enjoyed our conversation. All right. This wraps up our conversation with Danielle Goldstein. Um, we will have as always the links to her work in the show notes so her website and her instagram and i hope you enjoyed the conversation i definitely recommend you check out her work i think it's really beautiful and very strong and uh, thanks again to our sponsor sandcaster for sponsoring this episode if you are interested in sponsoring the episode you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash daniel sig and the any contributions will go to the production costs of this podcast. Thanks so much for listening and talk to you next time.